Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Daily Objective. I'm here with Mark today. How's it going, Mark? Hey, man, how are you? Not too bad. So the main story that we're just going to be talking about today um, is about UNRWA, and we've done a lot of stories about UNRWA on the channel, but today this story is a bit of a breakthrough. We met, we mentioned it briefly on the reality show yesterday, but we're going to talk about it just a bit more. Um, so the United Nations Relief Works Agency for Palestine um, are the organization who's in charge no, I do not want my laptop to reset right now. There we go. <laughs> Make sure we I don't just disappear. Um, are the agency who are involved of many things in the Gaza Strip and the West Bank, but primarily they control schools. So um, something that which we have reported on a few times, or which we've spoken about a few times, is a report from the from a group called UN Watch at the beginning of this month who revealed a Telegram group which had 3,000 um, teachers in the employ of UNRWA um, who were so celebrating October 7th, who were kind of um, posting anti-Semitic kind of um, messages, if you like. And it was clear that this is stuff that they were also teaching to their kids. And there's been some videos released as well of kids talking about what kind of things they're educated in, in these schools, um, them talking about their right to return to their homeland um, and how um, how they're taught to praise martyrs and sing songs praising martyrs. Um, and... <clears throat> all this kind of stuff, all this kind of stuff they're taught, which is going to lead to the perpetuation of the conflict, basically. So UNRWA, um, as an arm of the UN, is basically an organization which is making sure that the conflict is going to continue into the next generation. And it's been announced that the US is going to be pulling their funding for UNRWA um, in the light of this, and that they're under investigation for their employees being involved with being uh, members of Hamas and for being involved in October 7th. Um, and this is on the back as well of a number of reports which have come out. There was one in November of one of the hostages saying that they were kept in the attic of one of the UNRWA teachers rather extraordinarily. So there's a kind of deep intermeshed relationship really between UNRWA and, um, and Hamas. And it's something which the higher ups in uh, UNRWA have been denying for a long time. When that particular story came out about that, hostage being kept in the attic of one of the teachers. Um, what UNRWA said was that they wished the press would stop engaging in speculation, basically, and reporting unsubstantiated stories. Lo and behold, it's true. Uh, and this is one of the things that's led to this investigation. Uh, but so, Mark, what's your uh, reaction to all this? You know, this stuff is is giving me an aneurysm. Uh, because, uh, yeah, yeah, these... The, Firing them and, and withholding funding now from this uh, disgusting, despicable organization is the least we should do. I mean, these people committed war crimes, and they're they're a participant uh, in a, in in a war in war crimes against people, and and they need to be punished as as war criminals. I think they should be put up before a military tribunal and tried as such. I think it would be a great example for anybody out there who wants to. Uh, to engage in this kind of stuff, it thinks it's it's moral. I mean, the UN is just so corrupt, and everything everything about this the 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 PR part of this war is just so vile and corrupt, so divorced from morality and reason. It it, it makes me sick. Um, United States should withdraw from the UN immediately. Withdraw all funding uh, from this organization. Try these people as military as criminals as war criminals. Um, and set an example for the rest of the world to see. Absolutely. Um, I'm just going to pull up a tweet here. So the reaction to this um, 
has been mixed as you might <clears throat> kind of imagine um there are some people like us who i guess who are saying this is a good thing that the funding is being uh pulled and there's this investigation going on so there's been a kind of there hasn't really been a quick response but there's been a once the response has come, it's been decisive, I guess, um, or decisive enough. Um, but on the left, this is kind of viewed as, um, or certainly from the pro-Palestine crowd, this is kind of viewed as evidence of um, US hypocrisy. And um, I'm just going to um, share my screen for a second. Oh, no, Daniel, you've disabled screen sharing. Oh, well, never mind. I'll just read out a tweet here that I've got from Owen Jones. Um, so Owen Jones is our favorite. Oh, there we go. I can share my screen now. There we go. Can you see that? Unfortunately. <laughs> so Owen Jones says there, there's 13,000 Palestinians working for UNRWA. There are allegations against 12 staff members or 0.092%. And that's what they are. Allegations based on Israeli interrogations of prisoners. This logic would mean cutting off funding to every single agency on earth. Um, now, that's fairly extraordinary, um, given just some of the stories I've mentioned, um, things that we know have happened about this guy being kept in the attic, about the teachers um, being involved in kind of anti-Semitic rhetoric. And so there's just there's so much evidence about UNRWA and kind of disreputable practices, let's say, I mean, that's even just a euphemism, really, um, of them being involved in the mass. There's so much evidence of this now. And yet Owen Jones is here saying, look, it's um, <laughs> it's allegation, only allegations against 0.092% of the staff. Um, therefore, it'd be the same as saying we should pull funding from every agency on earth. Um, so there, there's basically active denialism, if you want to put it that way, or people completely putting the blinkers on about this. Um, from from people like Owen Jones. And there's there's even just more that we could probably just go around and pull up. Um, people who are saying, why is the US being so decisive in this case? But um, why are they not stopping all their funding to Israel, given what the ICJ has just reported on yesterday, or you know the interim measures? And charming stuff like that. Um, any reaction from you, Mark, about all this? Um, yeah, I mean, these people love to do two things. They love to drop context and make package deals, right? They, 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 um, they drop the enormous evidentiary uh, context of lots of people engaged in pro-Hamas, pro-Palestinian behavior, teaching the next generation. There's clearly a systemic kind of corruption going on there, but only because twelve people have been called out, where there's where there's definitive proof. Uh, uh, then they they focus on that and drop the context of not just the rumors but the proof of of the systemic corruption, and they and they love to package deal things too, but not just concepts but incidents. So they'll take a vague similarity, you know, because of the uh, the decision of the court in the, in the Hague, uh, and and they'll take that vague similarity and try to marry it to a similarity in this, even though they're quite dissimilar <laughs> in almost every fundamental way, and use that as the as the the moral grease that pushes their their rationalization along its skids, um, so they're they're completely disingenuous, intellectually, morally, on every level. These guys lie and rationalize, and it's maddening because you can't really have a discussion with somebody like this. You can't debate them. You can't persuade them. It's difficult to persuade other people when you're when you're with these folks because they they have no 
no concept of truth and and they're they're perfectly willing to say and do anything to try to win over the mob yeah for sure um i guess we should also say there are other countries which have announced that they're going to be pulling their funding for unra um so certainly the uk has said so um australia italy canada and finland um we'll see whether they actually follow through because it's easy to kind of announce this and then not really do anything about it um and it you can kind of tell um in a sense whose side people which countries are on depending on their reaction to this unfortunately as with so many things um so something that we saw was the island announced that it wasn't going to be pulling its funding for unra and UNRWA, sorry, Ireland, we know, has been very, very supportive of the Palestinian cause, if you want to put it that way. It's been extremely critical of Israel. Now, you would, you would think in a way that that actually shouldn't be relevant, um, even if you, were, you believed in a Palestinian state and you thought that the Israelis have been um, overhanded in some way uh, with Gaza or the West Bank, whatever. You would surely think that if there's a United Nations organization which is running schools, which are indoctrinating children to praise martyrs who are people who have just committed terrorist attacks or killed people, um, or were running schools which were teaching them just blatant lies about having the right to return to land which isn't theirs. Um, you would think that that should be condemnatory enough, right? You would think that if even if you were kind of pro-Palestine in some way, um, that this would be an obstacle to a long-lasting peace. That if you really wanted a two-state solution and long-lasting peace, what you would really want um, would be for anti-Semitism to leave the region and to have all this kind of nonsense no longer being taught to children. And yet you can see that Ireland isn't going to be stopping its funding, presumably just in a kind of tribal kind of reasoning of, well, we're pro-Palestine, we're anti-Israel in some way, and therefore we're not going to do it. Um, which is just extraordinary. And unfortunately, that's that I think tracks with so much of the behavior that people show around this issue. Um, so, yeah. And I guess something else that we should say <clears throat> about UNRWA, um, and people should go and watch our other videos that we've done on UNRWA as well, because we've done quite a few um, extensive ones. Um, the footage, so... <laughs> Well, I'm reiterating the point in a way, but the amount of evidence that UNRWA is kind of deeply linked with anti-Semitic attitudes, with support for Hamas, and with indoctrinating children, which is really the most appalling bit of it, um, is, is completely extensive. So for, for people like Owen Jones or for countries like Ireland to kind of be throwing up the blinkers and defending um to be to be defending this organization is just completely reprehensible but so and so and this points to kind of i guess a rot which has been in the united nations for years and years and years um where they've been propping up rogue states dictatorships um for all that they're i think viewed as a kind of beacon of civilization they ultimately end up providing legitimacy and safe safe harbor in a way to states which oppress people even though they're viewed as you know, Beacon of Liberty, Geneva Convention, um, human rights, all that kind of stuff. Um, and so what do we do about that, Mark? Because there's part of me which is sympathetic that kind of wants to just wrap up shop and get rid of the UN. Um, but then there's part of me that also kind of believes that a kind of international forum kind of organization like this might be worthwhile. Um, do you think it's possible? So like, so this investigation is going on. Um, do you think it's possible to reform an organization like this? Or do we just have to 
burn it down and start again? I don't think it's possible to reform an organization like this. It's filled with too many bad actors, uh, too many people, too many states and state actors who profit from being criminal from, and violating rights and being authoritarian. Um, and they are not going to change. And you, you certainly can't compromise with them without, you know, compromising your own values and, and put in and, and, uh, sliding further towards uh, towards their orientation to things. So I think the, the cleanest, best way to improve an organization like that is to get out of it and to encourage every free state um, that has at least the pretense of, of uh, protecting individual rights to get out as well. And then <laughs> that will that place will collapse uh, under its own weight because none of those countries, the remaining countries, will have the capacity, the economic capacity or the political power um, to maintain uh, a, an alliance strong enough to to compete with with the West, basically. So I, I think we should let it collapse under its own under its own rot. Yeah. Um, and Israel's announced, you know, at least I guess starting some of the cleanup has announced that they're going to be not allowing UNRWA to operate in Gaza anymore after October 7th. Um, so whatever a post-war Gaza is going to look like, um, which, you know, is still a bit unclear. There's been some announcements about what that's going to look like, but it's not exactly clear. We, we do know that UNRWA is not going to be there anymore. Um, and well, and I, well, actually, I'll say something else in just a sec, but let's just read out our super chat since we're about halfway through. So we've got 999 from Jonathan Honig. Thank you, Jonathan. And then 10 euros from Christian Klein who says, if the West pays for schools in Gaza, they should control the curriculum, the school books, the teachers. I don't care if this is called colonialism. It's that or not a single dime from the West. And then five Canadian dollars from Jeff Bannister as well. Thank you, Jeff. Um, I think that's right, Christian. Um, that basically, if, <clears throat> um, if the UN is going to be funding schools anywhere, and, and also if in the charter of an organization which is running these schools, they're going to be declared against uh, racism, and prejudice and violence, um, then they have to make sure what they're teaching is in line with that. And so if they're teaching anti-Semitic myths, if they're teaching things which are going to lead to the perpetuation of war, um, then they can't be allowed to do that. And obviously, and yeah, so I don't think they can be allowed to do that at all. Um, and I'd, people probably would refer, call that colonialism if, if the United Nations started dictating or if, or if countries which are part of the United Nations started dictating which books or what ideas can be taught in schools but i think we need to take very seriously and this is of course something that brand stresses a lot that people act on their ideas and if they're taught anti-israel attitudes if they're taught um anti-semitic attitudes in school then what we're going to see um is the perpetuation of this conflict for years and years to come um do you have anything to say about christian's comment mark just before we go on yeah, I think if you're if you're going to engage in the corruption of funding these places, which of course you, you know I am against, uh, you, then the people who are funding it should have the control <laughs> over the curriculum. Exactly what she says, um, you know, where the 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 people with the purse have the power, and you may not like that, but that's too bad. Uh, then don't take the money. Um, so yeah. yeah, definitely it's a. It's a, it's a, um, we're definitely 
we have a rather twisted version of what being open-minded is in in this case by by handing our enemies money and praying that they'll that it's going for an education that won't turn out anything other than a martyr for their cause yeah and so much of um the israel-palestine conflict or whatever however you want to refer to it um whenever we end up talking about it for any length of time, something that always ends up coming up um, in my mind, and particularly when we end up talking about the United Nations, is Rand's idea of the sanction of the victim, which is kind of what you're alluding to there, I guess. Um, because organizations like, um, well, organizations which are hostile to the West like this end up getting so much support from us in various ways, whether it's literally funding in this case, so um, you know, Hamas needs these ideas taught to the next generation, and they're doing it on the dime of countries which are in the West, um, or whether it's just in kind of moral um, sanction. They end up getting this from us willingly all the time. So, what you know, it's when we know that schools like un um, schools run by UNRWA are teaching this kind of stuff, and then you see useful idiots in the West. Uh, complaining that, oh, no, they're not, even though there's an abundance of evidence about it, or when hundreds of thousands of people um, march through London every week um, in support of a cause which is, you know, openly wants to see Israel obliterated off the face of the earth. Um, it's terrifying. And it's terrifying that, you know, we, in a sense, are the enablers of our own destruction at so many, at so many twists and turns. Um, and I guess something that I always come back to is how can we how can we affect change in that way? So how could, because I think if I said this just to someone, someone who was my age, let's say someone who's just left university or something. Um, if I said to them, look, what you're doing in going out on these marches, what you're doing in being, um, in providing kind of, uh, or being pro-Palestine, whatever, is you're providing the, your destroyers with um, the tools to do it. I think they would look at me like I was completely mad. So how do we, breakthrough in a sense how do you communicate with people i mean you, i mean you said before you just can't talk to them which i think is kind of i think is kind of true but but we have to kind of make progress in some way don't we so how do we how do we go well, about doing that yeah i think the only way you make progress is to completely um separate yourself from them and don't give them any quarter they don't deserve it they 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 um they'll just exploit it for their own purposes they'll consider it a concession to their belief and it'll be a chink in your moral armor you simply have to say these people are evil um and we don't abide what what else can you do i mean i've i've tried appealing to the to what i what i thought was a faculty that we all had the rational faculty to some of these people online and they're not interested in that when when you when you score a point on them that is a is an intellectual and moral knockout. They just pivot and switch positions and change the topic. When you beat them in that position, they just pivot to another position. They're not interested in uh, in knowing. They're not interested in truth. They're not interested in in being better. They're interested in passing off this uh, fallacious agenda, uh, and and that's all. So don't give them any quarter. Don't listen to their bullshit. Their rationalizations. Um, don't, don't concede one fucking inch to them. Mm. And so then I guess is the point. There are people who are kind of in too deep and to whom you can't really do anything to help them. Um, 
but <clears> maybe there are people who are sort of confused or they've just picked up some of this stuff from the culture, but who are kind of better than maybe you could reach. Is that kind of the way to think I about mean, it? Because I, I mean, that's what keeps me going on social media is hoping that there's, there's silent folks out there who are afraid to throw their hat into the debate, but are open to uh, open to changing their minds, e even though they're sort of leaning with the with the popular tide in social media. They know something's wrong with it. And when they hear a, a point or two made from somebody who knows what they're talking about, it turns them, it, it changes them a, a little bit. Um, and, and that that keeps that hope keeps me going, but it's the hope is is uh, diminishing for me day by day. If you saw my exchanges yesterday on social media, um, I'm I'm beginning to you know it, it, there there comes a time when Atlas is going to shrug. It's just inevitable, inevitable. And when the people who know are going to say, "I'm done. I'm tired. I don't want to deal with you. You're a waste of my time and energy." So you're shrugging from Twitter or from X? I'm certainly shrugging for this weekend for sure. And it's and it's looking like I may shrug uh, uh, longer and longer periods of time. But the more irrationality I find on there, the more intransigent people are, the less open to debate, the, the more uninteresting this, this platform becomes. For sure. Um, and it definitely, like, it definitely does tally with my experience that there are people who whom there is just no hope of convincing them and that if there were to be any change or any po any positive change in their attitudes or or anything like that that is basically change that'll have to come from within i sound very buddhist saying that but you know what i mean they're kind of they'll have to do the legwork to get them to get themselves there but um, part of the part of the part of the pivoting they the reason they pivot away from the truth uh, to to is to keep harboring these delusions because they're preventing themselves from introspecting, doing the proper type of work within that will enable them to change. They don't want to do that. That requires, you know, that's why that's why living a rational life is super hard, and why people would prefer, you know, faith or something instantaneous. Because re living a rational life is a very rigorous way to live. It's a very rigorous. You have to rigorously check your own content. You have to rigorously think about what you believe and why, and people don't want to do that. I hate to be the voice of cynicism here because I'm usually the optimistic guy saying, yes, they do. This is just, it's bullshit. But Twitter is making me, is is uh, is turning me. I mean, I see the, especially young kids, these teenagers come out of school. Um, they know nothing, but they think they know everything. They've got a lot of feelings and they think those feelings represent realities. And they are horrible people. They're horrible. They're just they're mean, they're cruel, they don't understand the consequences of their actions, and they barrel ahead right right into the waiting arms of criminal organizations and corrupt uh, societies like Hamas and, and the Palestinian world. Yeah. And so, again, like, I, I, in a sense, I completely sympathize with everything that you're saying. Um, there's... And I, I generally am for um, if you when you encounter people who are just completely, you know, in deep, um, be completely, um, let's say, conservative in your estimate of what you can achieve in talking to them. Because so many times when I was maybe a few years younger, um, I've just slammed my head against the wall trying to talk to people who have no interest really in having a proper discussion. Um, and you just come up come away kind of like red faced and angry because you've tried to be very polite and civilized with someone who will just sneer in your face. Now, that being said, 
and and I was and I was also one of these people who came out of um uh who went through secondary school and came out very sort of prone to emotion, should we say emotionalism and all this kind of stuff. Um so I take I guess some encouragement for myself that I could kind of change and recognize that that was wrong. But then also um a story that I had in my first year of university. Um my one of my flatmates when I was 18 uh, the first thing he asked me was whether I was a socialist and whether I supported Jeremy Corbyn and I kind of laughed and said no that I was a capitalist and he was horrified <laughs> but um, he was a nice enough guy and I kind of said you know by the end of the year I'll change your mind completely and have you a capitalist and he said ah ha 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 no you won't um, but he really wanted he really did want to engage and because he was kind of he was one of these people who had, who had kind of defaulted to this position from kind of stuff you pick up in the culture, but was kind of, I don't want to say naive, but just, he wasn't, he wasn't already at the deep end, right? He was kind of at the beginning. And by the end of the year, um, I hadn't made him an, an objectivist and he spun off into being an anarchist for a while and then being an arch conservative. Uh, but I'd changed his mind and I got all my flatmates for that year, passing gifts. And I got them all books each. And I got him the Fountainhead and Anthem. Uh, and now he studies at ARU and would consider himself an objectivist. So that well, was look, a, I'll uh, tell you, I've had that experience as well, but yeah. that experience comes from intensive engagement with people. One of my, one of my very good friends is a, is a doctor. He was a screaming leftist, a screaming environmentalist, and now he's more or less an objectivist, but that was four or five years of him, you know, regurgitating what he thought was a was a digested concept and me picking it apart and redigesting it for him until he was doing that on his own. You can't do that on Twitter. And there's and really it's a soundbite. It's a soundbite uh, medium and it, it attracts the most superficial. I mean, I used to think it was a place where we could have really good philosophical discussions. And I think that was true until about 2014. Now. It's devolved. Now there's great things on Twitter, but you have to be receptive to it. And I and I have known that a very, very tiny minority of people will change. Um, but it's a very tiny minority. Uh, and if those other kids are interested are, are going to change at all, it's only going to be from intensive philosophical therapy. <laughs> yes, I think that's true. And it was definitely true that I me and this uh friend of mine, Ben we spent sort of almost like nine months having conversations, not every night, but regularly about kind of moral political topics. So um, even metaphysical topics really. So it does take a lot to change someone's mind, but just um, as we wrap up, we have another super chat from Christian for five euros. Thank you, Christian, who said a little advertising, watch Yaron Brook at the university in Austin, university of Austin, Texas yesterday. The Q and A was quite revealing as well concerning today's students. Um, I haven't seen that. Ooh, I don't know if you have. I do want to see that. That will be interesting. Yeah, the rod is extending into our own university culture and secondary school culture, um, unfortunately. But there's almost no better advocate for for uh, Israel than Iran and uh, Ilan Jurno are two of the most articulate and knowledgeable people in this region. If you really don't know anything about this uh, conflict and are morally on the fence, listen to those guys, read their stuff. And uh, hopefully you'll be convinced. Absolutely. Um, so we'll draw the show to a close. Um, thanks for joining me, Mark. Um, thanks. And I'll just say to everyone, um, 
if anyone's interested in UNRWA and all this kind of stuff, we've done a lot of videos about it in kind of in depth. Um, so you can go check out our other ones to get some more of the background about UNRWA and their activities uh, on the channel. So go check those out. But we'll see you all uh, tomorrow. Daniel, we have something else after this you said? Uh, yeah, there's the philosophy forum that's for uh, Ayn Rand Center UK Platinum members. So there's still time to become one. You have about a minute, but I'll be watching our members even during the show. So you might join live. Absolutely. And what's the topic for the philosophy forum today? Uh, the main topic is going to be, I have it here, uh, how to argue for Israel. Uh, the okay. second a bit interesting topic for objectivists might be hatred of the good for being the good. How mm. do you properly identify if it's happening? And then we'll also have a side topic if there is time. Is there a role for international organizations? Cool. All right. Well, that touches on a fair bit of the stuff we were talking about today, actually. So everyone should sign up to be a Platinum member and go join the philosophy forum. But anyway, but to let you all go there, we'll wrap up. So thank you very much, guys.